Well, I hope you're enjoying singing these carols. You're sounding great from up there, and uh, we couldn't do it without you either. At least I don't think we could. We tried earlier, but you know, it's good that you were all, we're all here together. Uh, my name's John. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at Portswood Church. And I just want to talk uh, just for a few minutes about Christmas and about what it kind of means, really. It's about the birth of a baby, obviously. That's something we've learned already tonight, if you didn't know that before. And there's a something kind of miraculous and wonderful about birth isn't there any birth really if you don't believe that just turn on the tv at uh, christmas day and call the midwife is on and everyone goes gooey and it's all wonderful uh, they even play a particular piece of music actually if you notice there's a certain musical line they play whenever it kind of hits your emotions whenever a baby is about to be born it's a, a wonderful thing uh, it's a wonderful thing uh, to happen and it's often a great time of joy a uh, couple of our, our friends, our members of the church family, had one last week. And now the lights are on. I can't even see Simon Cyril, whether you're still there. But you were over at the back there with uh, we, one week old Zoe. So it's great that she's here today. So we're all quite excited about that, aren't we? I remember the births of my own uh, children, uh, three of them. They've all grown up now. It kind of stays on, imprinted on my mind for uh, various reasons. Uh, I was there. I wanted to be helpful. I wanted to be a, a really good father right from the beginning. So the time came for the first one. A long time ago. I tried to be helpful. Uh, and to do that, I'd kind of repeat what the midwife was saying to Mary, my wife. Uh, and that didn't go down very well. Because <laughs> I think she heard it from the midwife first. And then I'd try and make some positive comments and... That didn't go down all that well either. And finally, she pretty much told me to shut up, although those weren't the words she used. They weren't worse words. They were, were more polite words, but that was the message. Anyway, the midwife gave me a wet cloth, which I didn't know whether it was to put in my mouth or for some other reason. Uh, so I wiped Mary's brow from time to time and tried to be uh, useful. Well, anyway, the second time came round, and I threw, thought, well, I know all about it now. Uh, but that was all different second time. He came out, and he was a very funny color indeed. And his eyes were shut tight like that. Uh, and it was odd, because the first baby was born kind of head up, eyes open, looking all around to see what was going on. But this second one, he didn't open his eyes for a couple of days, I don't think. He was like a puppy. In fact, I was, I, I was, I, I was, really, I was really worried in fact, my first words to the midwife were, what's wrong with his eyes? Has he got any eyes? You know? So that was the second time. So anyway, that went on. And then what about the third one? Well, after the third one, I thought, well, I should be experienced. I've got to get it right this time. So there I am. The baby's on its way. And I'm keeping an eye like if you're a father, well, in those days anyway, you kind of keep an eye on both ends, don't you? You kind of try and encourage your wife at that end and keep an eye out for what's happening at the other end. And so anyway, uh, the baby was born. I said, I think it's a boy. It's a girl, said the midwife. <laughs> anyway, we didn't have any more children after that. Now, two of the readings are from Matthew's Gospel in the Bible. And there the focus in Matthew's account is very much on Joseph, the father. He was the father, well, or in fact, the stepfather, as uh, we know. At least that is the claim. 
And Matthew's account in the Gospels, the first book in the New Testament of the Bible, is very much in parallel to Luke, who writes pretty much Mary's story. Matthew gives us Luke's story. So Luke uh, gives all about the coming to Bethlehem and the stable and the bit we had read about the shepherds and so on. Matthew talks about Joseph's experience and the wise men, the Magi, when they came. And we heard that as well. And I want to think about Joseph's story a bit for a few minutes. Think about comparing Joseph and Mary, although we shouldn't compare parents in that sense, or step-parents. For her, well, she had to have the baby, obviously, but at the beginning, it, it was pretty straightforward. The angel comes and says, you're going to have a baby, and it's going to be coming from God. And she says, yes. Okay, the king that was promised is going to be born through you. And uh, she says, yes, that's fine, I'll, I'll go with that. Joseph is different, as we read or had read to us. He needs a bit longer to get used to the idea. And who, in fact, can blame him? See, Mary's told by the angel that she's going to be pregnant from the Holy Spirit, that this baby was God's promised Messiah, the king uh, promised by the Old Testament, the one the Jews were waiting for. He was going to come. God was going to come into their lives, into the world. And, and, and sure, uh, Joseph uh, knew all that backstory. He was aware of that, like every other Jewish man at the time. But like this? Really? It's all right. Mary could say yes to the possibility of a son from God, a baby without sex. Of course she could. She knew she hadn't. Joseph starts from somewhere else. He knew they hadn't, but Mary you can imagine his dilemma, can't you? Think into it. He's a good man. He keeps God's law, but he loves Mary, his betrothed. And at the time in that culture, betrothal or engagement was almost like pre-marriage. You could only dissolve it by divorce. The couple would make a commitment to one another, and for about a year they would live apart in, in their parents' homes, uh, and they would be very committed, and they'd be a couple in every way. They could get ready to be married, but they didn't. There was no sex involved. They were in their separate homes. And then when they came together for the wedding, the whole village got involved. It was a great occasion, and every had a, everyone had a fantastic party. But to be betrothed or to be engaged in that culture was very serious. It, it meant to get out of it, you had to get a kind of divorce. And that's what Joseph is thinking through. Mary's told him what uh, the story is, and he's actually left. She's left to go and visit her relatives uh, right down the other side of the country, down by Jerusalem, down south. And now he's struggling. And he decides that the best thing he can do is just to quietly end it all. He loves Mary. He doesn't want her to be disgraced. He doesn't want a big scene. He doesn't want all the village knowing about this. Imagine him thinking it through as he's doing his job as a builder or a carpenter. What was he thinking about? Well, think about his sleepless nights. And he makes a decision. He's going he's gonna to end it. And then he changes his mind. And that changes his life. Christmas. It's not a bad time to change things, is it? Change your mind about something. Maybe see your life changed even. Here's the question, though. Why is Joseph able to change his mind? He realizes two new truths. 
Here's the first one. He realizes that God does things. There is a God who intervenes. The dream he has kind of convinces him of that. The angel kind of wakes him up to that reality. God is doing something and wants Joseph and Mary to be part of it. Mary had said yes to that. Joseph now says, yes, I'll be part of it too. So he realizes that, but he realizes something else. And that is he, he gets the significance of it. It means something. And the significance, the meaning is in the names, the words used. Did you remember in that reading? He's going to be called Jesus, which means rescuer. He's going to be called a savior because the angel says he will save his people from their sins. And then there's that other name, Emmanuel, God with us. God is coming to be with us. Now, is that the journey we can go on to change our minds? Maybe we can realize that God is active, that this God does things, that he is real. Maybe we see it in other people's lives. Angels are, are like messengers. They don't all have to be you know, covered in glory with wings and stuff. Often you may have seen something of God working in someone's life. Or there are these awarenesses we have, these things that prompt us to pray. We're human beings and part of the human experience is to want to reach out to God. It's a bit unusual for us here in the West, but believe me, the majority of people in the world and the majority of people through history have believed and known that in their experience. And maybe if we're honest, we feel it too. That whisper that there's something more than the life we have. And that this is God. He's there to come near to us, to be with you, to be with me in our lives. Our lives can make, have meaning in reference to him. And that can make a huge difference to us. As we not only realize that God is, can do something, can touch our lives, but also what it means. Because like Joseph, we, we, we can understand that the one who came is Jesus, it says, who saves us, who rescues us from sin. That's a, a, a word, isn't it? But we know about it, don't we? That in us that we know is not quite right. We know we mess up. We know we fail. We hide it. We don't like it. We fear people knowing. We worry about it. It's easy to see when it's other people. And it's easy to see when other people's wrong affects me. But actually, if I'm honest, it's in me too. There's something wrong. And you know what? It keeps us from God. And that's why we need to be rescued. And, and Jesus comes as the one who lives a life, who shows us the way, who dies on the cross, who's raised again from the dead. And he's the one who is able to bring us to God, to bring us the rescue that God gives. And Joseph sees this. He sees that God is doing something. And he sees that it means something for his life. And so he opts in. He marries Mary. That journey to that decision may have taken a while. May not, we don't know, but it's a long way he's come, isn't it? Joseph sees that God is doing something and it has a meaning. He opens up to that and he sees that for himself and it's for him. And as we look at the other readings, the other journeys that people go on in this story, the shepherds go through a similar process. They, they can't miss that God is doing something. It's all over the sky. It's lit up. The magi, the wise men we read about, they kind of discover it in a different way, but they come to the same discovery. God is doing something. It means this. 
and it touches their lives as they worship the one they find. More about them on Christmas Day. If you're free, come along. 10.30, we're going to be thinking about the wise men and their presence then. And maybe for us, the journey can be similar. Realizing that God is there. He is at work. Maybe nearer to us than we might have possibly imagined. That it means something. He can rescue me. He can change me. He can lead me on a lifelong journey of following him. That's what the good news Jesus brings offers us. As I finish, these people in this first Christmas story, this first drama, their stories were changed, their lives were changed, not just by realizing that God was real, not just by realizing that God was at work, not just realizing and knowing that there was a significance of it and beginning to understand that. Their lives changed when they did something. Joseph marries Mary. The shepherds Go and find out. The magi, these mysterious scientists, uh, astrologer dudes from uh, Iran, they have to pack up their camels and they get going and they look to find it. They all take a step. Maybe, well not maybe, it's true for us too. We need to do something to take a step. It might be reaching out to God. If you want to try that or do that, I've got little booklets there on a table at the back on the way out on the right-hand side called Try Praying. It's a way of doing just that. Try praying. A little experiment in prayer. It's a way of reaching out to God. Feel free to take one and use it. And if you want to find out more, well, come back and tell us how you got on and we can talk it through. So you can reach out that way. For some of us, it might be to do with finding out. Going on an alpha course or something like that. We have alpha here uh, and we will have them in the new year. You can find any church anywhere. If you're not from here uh, or you're listening online, find a church that has Alpha and go and join the Alpha course. Any church that runs Alpha is a good church in our book. So you, know, you can find a course like that and go on it. Find out. Or the last thing you could do is hang out. Hang out with Christians who are willing to hear your questions. If you don't go anywhere else, come to church here. We meet at 10 o'clock on a Sunday, every Sunday morning. Apart from this morning, we were here tonight instead, but every other Sunday, we're here at 10 o'clock. Come to church. You'll be really welcome. It's not just for card-carrying believers, you know. It's for anyone on journeys to find Jesus for themselves. Because, you know, our lives can change. Your life can change if you want it to. Happy Christmas.